Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in divers or many places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Dr. John G. Mitchell often asked a question that is still inscribed on the library wall on the campus of Multnomah University. He asked it of every class and challenged every student with it. Don't you folks ever read your Bibles? It is quite evident that he did. Dr. Mitchell once forgot his Bible in his office when he arrived to teach a graduate-level class on the Minor Prophets. Without a pause, he quoted the scripture for the day, word for word, from memory. Dr. Mitchell knew his Bible. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word radio Bible study. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 8, Jesus is talking to His disciples. They want to know when the end of the age would come. And Jesus begins to tell them of what to be aware of. False Christs, possible wars, famine, earthquakes. But he hastens to add that these things were not the end, but merely the beginning, the beginning of birth pangs. And Dr. Mitchell reviews the context of Jesus' explanation to his disciples. He ties these verses in Matthew together with verses found in the book of Daniel. In Daniel, God reveals his purposes for the nation of Israel. And on the timeline of history, Israel comes first. Jesus speaks of the nation of Israel. Jesus is not here speaking of the church, which comes into being later in time. Well, here's Dr. Mitchell on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast, Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. Thank you. Good day, friends. We again come to you with studies in the book of Matthew, the gospel through Matthew, and we rejoice in, in the blessing that has come to so many through this study. Now, in the 24th chapter of Matthew, and 25, we have the predictions of the king. Now, we're coming to a tremendous passage of Scripture in the field of prophecy. For our Lord is 
uh, is answering three questions that the disciples gave to him at the beginning of the chapter when they said, When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the age? And as we go into this chapter and consider the purpose and program of God, and knowing the days in which we live now, I can't help but tell you that there's not much time left for us believers, we who are real Christians, to redeem the time, to buy up the opportunity of reaching as many as possible with the Word of God, with the gospel of His wonderful grace. It would be a wonderful thing if we could, each Christian, testify for the Lord at every opportunity. I repeat it, there is not much time for us left to do the job that's got to be done. If we have a love for the one who gave himself to redeem men out of all iniquity, then we're going to, if need be, sacrifice that the gospel may go forth to the farthest end to the earth, to our generation, right where we live. Because in these two chapters, 24 and 25, we have the purpose of God concerning the end of this age, concerning the coming of our Savior to reign as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Now let's turn to our study in Matthew chapter 24. You remember the Lord had said in the preceding chapter that he had rejected the nation. I leave your house unto you desolate. He's speaking there of the temple. And he said, you'll not see me again until you shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And we went back to the prophet Hosea chapter 5, verse 15, the last verse of that chapter, into chapter 6 of Hosea, uh, where Hosea prophesied, where the Lord says, I'm going to go away and will return to my place until they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In that affliction, they would seek me earnestly, saying, Come, let us return to the Lord, and so on. Now, in chapter 24, the question, first of all, is, was raised concerning the destruction of the city and of the temple. For our Lord had said to them, there going to be, There's not going to be one stone left upon another till all these things be fulfilled. And they said, Now tell us when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the age? And as you well know, in 70 A.D., that first one was fulfilled. Uh, when the Roman legions came to Jerusalem, they destroyed the city and destroyed the temple. And the temple has not been rebuilt from that day to this. If you want to see the ruins, you can still see some of the rooms, the stones that were used in Herod's temple. Now we come to the second one. And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the age? And reading from verse, from verse 4, right on down to verse 14, there is given to us the first part concerning, shall I say, the fulfilling of the prophecy of Daniel in Daniel chapter, chapter 9. I would like to suggest, if you have a pencil and paper, to use it today. Because in these, from verses 4 to 14, and parallel that with what we have in the book of, Re of Revelation, and especially in chapter 6. You remember the book of Revelation from chapter 4 through 19 has to do with the time when God is going to judge the nation Israel, he's going to judge the nations of the earth before he comes to reign. Now let me read this, verse 4. 
Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers or many places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now let me just stop there for a few moments. I say again that here we have in this portion the first part of Daniel chapter 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 9. And with your permission... I would like to read those two verses, in fact, three verses of chapter 9, the last three verses of Daniel chapter 9, where God is saying to Daniel, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem until the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. Uh, the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood unto the end of the and unto the end desolations and wars are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desert. Now that may sound kind of um, strange to you as I have read these three long verses. But here we have in, a, in these three verses the purpose and program of God concerning God's dealing with Israel. Now there's no question as far as this portion is concerned that from verse, verse 3 of this chapter right through verse 44 we read of his coming with respect to Israel. There's no question about this. Uh, if one were to read Daniel 9, which I've just read a portion of it, and Zechariah chapter 14, we will notice that he is especially dealing with his people Israel. This is in the mind of the disciples. What shall be the sign of thy coming? How will we know when you come to set up your kingdom? So he goes and says, 
he starts off by saying, don't let any man deceive you. Don't let anyone deceive you by any means. Many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in many places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now remember, he is not talking about the church. He's talking to Israel. He's talking to his disciples concerning his return to the earth to reign. How shall we know when you come? And the Lord warns them, before I come, there will many coming to deceive you. They will come to deceive you with respect to themselves and their program. In fact, many shall say, I am Christ, and many are going to be deceived. Don't you be deceived. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes, there'll be no question as to who he is or what he is. You remember in the prophet Zechariah, we read, in fact, I would suggest you read those last three chapters, 12, 13, and 14 of Zechariah, which has to do with the coming of the Lord with respect to glory. And when Israel, a repentant Israel, shall see him whom they pierced, and they shall say, Where did you receive these wounds? And he shall say, I received them in the house of my friends. There's no question when the Lord comes, we'll know him. I remember a friend of mine holding meetings in St. Louis some years ago, and after he'd gone back to his hotel and was preparing for bed, there was a knock on the door. And he went and opened the door, and a man stood there with a, with a cassock on and a rope round his middle. He had sandals on his feet, and he said to my friend, I am Jesus Christ returned to the earth. And my friend said to him, Show me your hands. He said, you're nothing else but a fake. You're a deceiver. All he asked was, show me your hands. How is Israel going to know him? They shall see his hands and say, where do you receive these wounds? For he bears the mark of nail prints. He bears the marks of your sin and mine. And he's whole, the holes in his hand, in his feet, and in his side. The same one that was nailed to the cross. Don't you forget this. The one who was nailed to the cross and put in the tomb was the one who was raised from the dead and has been exalted to God's right hand to be a prince and a savior. But we shall know when he comes. Now, it is true, and I must say this, it is true that our generation, right on down through these last 1900 years, the world has been troubled with wars, like you have in verse 6, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Uh, this has characterized our age, wars and rumors of wars. In fact, here I've been living on the earth, I wouldn't dare tell you how many years. And as long as I remember, there have been wars. Wars, one after the other. And nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in many places. These are the beginning of sorrows. Now, in the sixth chapter of Revelation, where you have the breaking of the seals, there's quite a parallel between the judgments at the beginning of the tribulation period 
And these, these verses, verse 7 and verse 8 especially, having to do with the beginning of sorrows, the early part of the tribulation period, is going to be characterized by these things. Wars, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, and many places. These are the beginning of sorrows. I say again, we've had touches of these things all down through the centuries. And now in the 20th century, especially the last half since 1950 on, we've got a world today that is growing more and more into a place of, of wars and rumors of wars. In fact, nobody knows what a day will bring forth. The whole world is crying for peace. And the more they cry for peace, the more wars they have. I don't think there's a nation under heaven. I speak about the people now, not the rulers. The people themselves are sick of war, sick of trouble, sick of sorrow, sick of affliction. They'd like to be left in peace and live their own lives. But we have wars. In fact, while I'm talking to you, we are living on the top of a powder keg. Anything can break out today in the Near East, in the Far East and Southeast Asia, no one sees the end of it. And if it closes up in one country, it breaks out in another. It's what the Lord said. Before he comes to the earth, this is going to characterize not only the age, but especially after the church has been taken away. The first half of the tribulation period, the first three and a half years, is going to be characterized. For you remember characterized by wars and famines and pestilences and earthquakes in many places. I read a few moments ago to you from Daniel chapter 9. And you know the prince of the people who crucified the Savior, from out of them will come one who will make a league with the people of Israel. It's going to be a false peace. If I were to quote to you, for example, from the 28th chapter of the prophet Isaiah, we read there that Israel is going to make a league or a covenant with death and with hell they're in agreement and they've made lies their refuge and when the overflowing scourge shall come over them, it'll not touch us. Why? We've made a covenant with death. We were in league with hell and we've made lies our refuge. Now, there was a certain measure of truth in that in Isaiah's day. The leaders of Israel were boasting about their sins. And a hundred years afterwards, when Jeremiah prophesied, there was nothing left for those people but judgment. But that's only a picture of what's going to be Israel's problem in the near future. Now, don't you judge Israel. Don't you be anti-Semitic. You better leave them with God. And the scripture is very clear on this, as we shall see. God will take care of Israel. What I'm trying to get to your heart is this, that these are the beginnings of sorrows, even though this is characterized to a more or less degree throughout the age and seems to be piling up now uh, in our generation. How much nearer is the coming of the Lord for the church? Well, when this thing really breaks loose, the church will not be here. Real believers in Christ will have been translated to meet the Lord in the air, and then the judgments of God fall upon Israel and upon the nations of the earth. Now, starting in verse 9 and reading down through verse 14, our Lord gives a warning when he says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. You shall be, and shall kill you. 
you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. He is not talking about Christians. He's talking about Israel. He's got this thing very clear. He's answering the question of his disciples. Now you can read into that if you want to. Uh, that God's people down through this, these, these centuries, at certain times in the history of the church, we've had this. Many have been affected. Many have been martyred. They were hated of all nations. They've been hated right and left. Many were offended. Some betray somebody else. They shall hate one another. False prophets shall rise, deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure the, to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then, then shall the end come. Now, allow me to just stop here today and pick this up in our next lesson, the warning of our Savior to these disciples. And even though it may pertain to the tribulation, the first part of the tribulation period, after the church is gone, uh, we, see the, we see these shadows coming today, which means that you and I do not have very much more time to bear testimony for the Lord and to witness for him. And as Ephesians chapter 5 says, it's time for us to redeem the time for the days are evil, to buy up the opportunity of making Christ known to all with whom we come in contact. Dear Christian friend, don't you think it would be high time for you and for me to really get down to business with God and let the Lord use us today while it is still called today, while we're still living in the age of grace? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing for you and me the soul here that will attract, bring somebody to Christ, whether Jew or whether Gentile. Remember, God today is not dealing with the nations. God today is dealing with individuals. As Acts 15 says, he's gathering out a people for his name. And when he's through gathering out the church, gathered out to his name of Jews and Gentiles, then he's going to return and restore Israel to her former glory and reign as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. But until he comes, as long as we're here, we have the opportunity of living for the Savior. May God make it clear to you today. May the Lord make it real how close we are to the coming of the end of this age. And my job and your job is to magnify him, to live the life of faith that is walk before him in fellowship and be usable in the hands of the Spirit of God to reaching somebody for him. And the Lord bless you today for his name's sake. Jesus, my Lord, will love me forever. From him no power of evil can sever. He gave his life to ransom my soul. Now I belong to him. Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time
floods my soul, for Jesus has saved me, freed me from sin that long had enslaved me. His precious blood he gave to redeem. Now I belong to him. Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time for eternity. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins again.